so this is Bill Barnes from Unshelved, and I'm here with, I'm just going to guess here, Steve Tutangi. Perfect. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the most important thing our readers need to know is that you will let literally anybody in your house. Uh, Yes. If it involves at least theoretically promoting your book. Well, there's that. And then there's just, uh, you know, we had just had lunch and you seemed like a a, a decent person. I I know. It's a facade. I trusted my intuition. (laughs) This is how we roll in Seattle. People just come into our homes. We have lots of coffee, iced coffee, iced Mm -hmm. uh, Thai iced coffee. Very sweet. So I assume that our our, uh, uh, pace here will pick up. Yeah, right. the caffeine hits our system. And I, and I have more over there. So oh, that's the, the nice thing of being in the house. Sweet. So yeah. it's never going to end. Yeah. Um, I'm going to actually ask you to do the author's pitch for your book because I always enjoy hearing people talk about their own work. Right. So um, Join is about uh, an alternative future where um, there's a technology that uh, has been around at the, time, at, the, at the time that the novel starts. The technology has been available for about 40 years. And um, so it's uh, th- there's been a generation that has experienced uh, living in a world that never that, that has always had it, and the technology allows small groups of people to unite their consciousnesses. Consciousnesses. Well said. Thank you. Um, and experience the world as a single individual. Experience life as a single individual. Um, who uh, has access to multiple bodies, who uses multiple bodies. And it, it seems to me reading the book that essentially it's, it's sort of one mind seeing out through whatever, five pairs of eyes and yeah, yeah. five pairs of hands yeah, yeah, and so forth. Yeah. And, and just magically it all works. Like, yeah, I mean, that was really, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, if you're writing, if you're writing about something that doesn't exist, you start with the assumption that it's going to work. And it's nice because you can kind of, you can just sort of elide over the details. Yeah. Because I'm not sure anybody really cares and all you really need to know is it works. I mean, I mean, so I, after having the idea, I went back and looked at some research and there were things that I found that I thought, oh, well, I could build a case for the technology mm-hmm. if I needed to yeah. based on these things. Um, but... But yeah, the bottom line is that I thought it was a interesting idea. It seemed like there was a lot of potential to go in many different directions with mm-hmm. it. And so um, I wanted to do it. Yeah. And that was really... That's good enough. I'm glad you did it. Thank you. Um, I mean, essentially, there's a MacGuffin, right? There's a MacGuffin that lets you do this. And, and as I was reading, the thing that stuck out is, oh, this is all instantaneous. Like right. you can be in places around the world where right. there's not radio lag and speed of light right. and stuff. And that was really... And so you just made sure your MacGuffin included the word quantum. Yes, exactly. Well, that's interesting. I had, I had been um, watching the proceedings of a, um, of a conference that happens yearly. The most recent one was in San Jose. And they were talking about consciousness and, um, and quantum effects... And um, there was just a lot there that I, I actually am not, I'm not, I'm not a physicist and I don't play one on podcasts. Um, so really my, um, my exposure to these concepts is probably very similar to the exposure of other people listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I think we've all dealt with quantum MacGuffins. Yeah. So. And we, and we, and you know, and you run into, uh, 
you run into physicists who say it definitely works like this, mm-hmm. and physicists who say it definitely works like it's like economists. It's a very, yeah. At that point, and so it felt like there was enough. There was enough it's some uh, gray in there flex <laughs> to um, to build the concept. And I really wanted the lack of uh, lag. Yeah. Because the lack of lag seemed to me to um, to make the sort of simultaneous the 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 melding of awareness that I wanted uh, possible. Yeah. So yeah, I did do that. So in the book, the bodies are called drives. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe one of my favorite parts of the book is you never say why. Mm-hmm. You never address it. It's so built into the lexicon. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's been around for 40 years mm-hmm. that no one thinks to question it. Or there's not, like, there could be this moment be like, drives. And of course, here what we're doing is make an analogy to the old hard drives and blah, 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 blah. And you, the author, never do it. The characters never do it. It's just there. Yeah. And it's actually a little jarring for a while. Mm-hmm. Like For a while, I'm like, they keep calling these bodies drives. Mm-hmm. And he never explains why. And after a while, I was like, he's never going to explain why. Yeah. Yeah, I'm never going to explain why. Yeah. <laughs> and so I have my own theory. And oh, I'm yeah. Welcome to it. Yeah. My theory is, is it's an analogy to hard drives. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that, that's all I got, you know, and... I think it fast. must. Be, I think it must be, but it happened for me, and and this happened in a lot of the uh, writing process. A lot of how the book developed was um, sort of pre-conscious, I guess. Yeah. Um, so the term "drives" seemed right to me, hmm. like the term "join" seemed right to me. Yeah. And and in only in retrospect, you know, as a, after I was using it, I thought, well, it's you know, it's like a hard drive. Um, but the uh, but the Analogy wasn't something I was. I sort of set set out consciously to say, well, we're reducing um, individual, uh, you know, individual reality to uh, to uh, in a mechanistic way. Yeah. I wasn't. I was. I didn't. I didn't have that in mind. I wasn't trying to do that. Yeah. It was um, a. It was a detail of the story that made sense when it arose yeah. in the story. Um, another question I have for you is that I, I, I wrestled as I read the book with the notions of personality mm-hmm. as separate from as separate from the body, especially because you, you at one point described one of Chance's bodies as very charismatic, mm-hmm. but one isn't. Yeah. And what made what in your head as you're writing it made that body, which is the same mind, and I think of the mind as being charismatic, mm-hmm. but what made that body? Well, I mean, I guess I, I guess as I and this is one of the things that I loved about the concept was mm-hmm. that it opened up a lot of these yeah. sort of areas, and I feel like uh, the the direction of technology will bring these questions uh, in front of us yeah. eventually. Um, so it's nice to be to be um, thinking about them. It was nice to be thinking about them. So I didn't. I mean, if you if you look at research on how we respond to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it has to do with our physical, yeah. with physical characteristics. Yeah. We're we're wired really hard. We're yeah. we're really hardwired around around uh, physical appearance, and um, and it's definitely something that uh, is. It, it's not it's not a an absolute by mm-hmm. any means, and so you have you definitely you, you have a spectrum, and yeah. and and there are a lot, and it's a very complex thing. But at the same time, it's it's an important characteristic, and and um, and I don't just mean appearance. Not just it's not the symmetry of your face or whatever um, theory of physical attraction uh, 
a person is working out of there there's a lot that goes into it from um the you know the way the way you hold yourself yeah. there's and so a lot of that stuff it seemed to me if the technology was working there would be a kind of influence mm-hmm. from the from the um unified mind that would alter the uh, the behavior of the body yeah but some things that would remain but some things that distinct. exactly yeah. exactly and yeah like so some aspect of body language and muscle control mm-hmm. that's that is somehow independent of the mind that, mm-hmm. is, that is inherent in the body yeah. yeah and 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 the and the in in the book i think i there's a port there are portions that talk about how the um drives work what the relationship is between the drives and the unified consciousness yeah and the idea that um in some ways they can behave uh on the automatic system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that manages that often manages our behavior when we're doing things and thinking about right so we things. have like a autonomic system which keeps us breathing even when we're not thinking about breathing yeah and so i guess our bodies are going off walking and talking and right and so and so the um i mean uh, uh the the drives can be charismatic because mm-hmm. they have ways of being that are appealing to other people and some of those are hard heart are baked into the physical and so the the two behavior the two joins that we meet and get to spend the most time with yeah. are chance and leap yeah it's been a couple of weeks now yeah chance and leap uh and the thing i didn't i didn't get a really good sense of is is the does chance have a personality yeah i mean i so I, I so <laughs> I, I I mean I'm not saying it I'm not saying I'm not asserting the chance it doesn't. Yeah. But with all the stuff that's going on, I never got a sense of who chance was as different than Leap in some fundamental way. I that mean it's interesting. We would as two characters in a book. I mean I felt What I'm I, doing is criticizing your writing now. No, I understand. And I feel as though it's I mean it was a challenge to, yeah. because the same thing that we're talking about in relation to physical um, the physical appearance of the drives yeah. is a huge tool when yeah. you're writing character. Right. You write. I mean, you know, you know this. You you do this. I'm sure in 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 your strips. Yeah. Um, you create uh, a physical, um, an individual physically. Yeah, and who, sometimes sometimes they literally never talk. Like we have a children's librarian. So when she's happy, she jumps up and down and claps her hands. And that, that tells you so much about her. It does, yeah. And so, and so a lot of those tools, I felt like, weren't really available in the same way. Yeah. But I think if you look at how Chance and... It's in, I mean, I... I, think I well, I'm you, not really criticizing your, your writing. and I, It's just that I started wondering, like, who, who, is, who is Chance when yeah. Chance is five different people? So Chance... And I went back and forth between, like, okay, well, is, is Chance an average? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is yeah. Chance... Um, how does how does the experience of being more than one person yeah. create character? Yeah, and yeah. I thought that was a really instead really, of averaging it out. Yeah, and it, and ultimately, I mean, I did for a while. I thought, well, it's an average, and and the things that a person is passionate about sort of have the edge taken off them. Yeah, um, but but ultimately, I started thinking about it more in terms of as a metaphor, the 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 the, the guiding metaphor I relied on more often was yeah. the metaphor of aging. Yeah. And the because um, we have, uh, I feel as though I have access to uh, a me that mm-hmm. was twenty years old. 
Right. I can remember things about what I liked, right. and I can remember how I thought about things. Right. And I have access to a me that was 30. Yeah. And they're different. And I'm different from those people now. And so um, from, a, from the perspective of character, it doesn't mean that I'm not um, passionate now. It's not yeah. an averaging, not yeah. at all. Um, it's more about um, sort of including those previous, the, those previous perspectives. Yes, yeah, version 2.0, version 3.0. Yeah, in my, current pers- in my current perspective. I guess the other metaphor, such as it is, is, well, you're a person who's done different things. You've worked in yeah. software, and then obviously you're a writer. Yeah. And those are two very different modes. Yeah. And I, and I do both those things too. And so when I'm writing software, I'm definitely kind of being software guy. Right. And when I'm and I was writing this morning with my partner, right. I was being writer guy. Yeah. And there's some overlap between them, but it's it's funny how much it's almost like two different people. Yeah. Yeah. And I could totally and actually I would really love to have a body I could throw the software guy into to go off and work at a software company and make lots of money. Yeah. And <laughs> right. have a body right. to throw the writer. <laughs> and they, I could imagine because in your book you have literally one person is flying a plane. Right. Being a sort of a doctor or psychologist, right. being some kind of scientist, yeah, yeah, data sleeping. Scientist, yeah, what's the other one doing? Well, the, I mean, I, I'm not. One's a doc. Let's say so. Chance one is the data scientist. Chance two is uh, boy. Now you, I, that's right. <laughs> well, I wasn't trying. I think to, you did a good job. I wasn't trying to capture you in the trivia about your own book, but yeah. but. Like, on the one hand, I think there's this critical part of me that's going, no. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't like, be flying a plane while you're being a doctor, mm. but I, I think I kind of could. Well, I don't do either of those things, but I think I could do those. I could be drawing something. I could be writing something. I could be writing software. I could be playing with my children. Yeah. And they all seem like different versions of me. I could, if I could spin off jobs to do that, I would. Yeah, I mean, I think, it's, I think that goes back to the, like, the enabling technology. Like, how, how do you, what, what does it mean to have a unified consciousness? What would it mean to have a unified consciousness? Mm-hmm. And, that, and what sort of resource augmentation would be required mm-hmm. to make that work? And, and a certain kind of compartmentalization. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And again, back to the thing where the, the I mean, we, we do a lot of our thinking in our unconscious minds. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a lot of the, a lot of the day-to-day interactions uh, happens in a kind of routine way. And I imagined the unified consciousness as having, as sort of being a layer on top of that mm-hmm. with, a, with a very uh, permeable um, abstraction layer, I guess, if we're talking about, you know, sort of talk, start talking about software. Yeah. Like there's, there's very tight coupling between yeah. the, um, between the, High the the unified consciousness and the awareness inside the drives. Yeah, and there's and then there and then there's a, a much more distinct layer, um, a much more a much more separate layer in the in the um, part of the consciousness that that and, manages physical activity. And what you're describing is kind of the rules for the game in your book. Yeah, like you, you, you set up the rules, and how long, how long did it take you to come up with a set of rules that was self consistent and functional for you, and didn't lead you down blind alleys? And it just, it just, it happened. The book happened very quickly yeah. for me. Yeah, I mean, I was writing it nights and weekends as I worked, and so it didn't happen all that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I had time um, between segments as I wrote, but um, the I it surprised it surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, in retrospect, mm-hmm. as I looked at the um, you know the early drafts of the manuscript, how consistent the concept was, mm-hmm. 
and I think I, I think I benefited a lot from the background and from from my experiences in software. Yeah. And um, in in terms of uh, use, you know, finding a useful metaphors yeah. that um, that helped to um, you know that helped to manifest the ideas. Yeah. Uh, I'll switch gears here, yeah. and I, I'm going to try to do this without spoiling the book now. Okay. So let's see if I can do this. Okay. There is, I would say, a mystery. Yeah. In kind of roughly the second half of the book. Yeah. Um, th- there's a mystery uh, about why something is happening. I'm really trying to not right. spoil the book. Yeah, so yeah. this will be really interesting for people as I talk in, in uh, generalities. <laughs> and you do a beautiful job of of setting up, I don't, I don't know what to call it, but there's kind of a, um, uh, geez, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> you set up what I thought the answer to the mystery was going to be. Um, you kind of drop it in there. Some character says something. Uh, and and just the use. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's your book, and yeah. you don't even know what I'm talking I think about. I, I think I'm. I think I do. Yeah. So there's a misdirect. I think there's an right. intentional misdirect yeah, yeah. Uh, about the about the central mystery of the second half of the book. And and was that? I guess I'm just asking as a writer. Was that hard to do? It was a natural. It felt like a natural uh, result. If I if if we're talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a, we'll, we'll talk afterwards. We'll after talk afterwards. Yeah. So we'll have it, the spoiler. We'll have the spoiler version after this version. It felt like it, I think it felt like a natural result of the. Um, and I should say the misdirect was entirely successful. And when I found out when when the mystery resolved, I'm like, holy shit, he totally got me. Yeah. So the 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 uh, first part of the book I think sets up the misdirect mm-hmm. well, and mm-hmm. and so and and that was nice. I, the story evolved very organically. Mm-hmm. So as I was, I didn't, I didn't sit down with an outline. Mm-hmm. I, um, I really worked uh, from, from scene to scene mm-hmm. with an idea of the direction I wanted to go in. And so... Um, and actually, I will say that that jives with my reading of the book, mm-hmm. which is the book kind of slides from one tone mm-hmm. to another mm-hmm. as we sort of explore different parts of the world and mm-hmm. the story, the story really evolves as it goes mm-hmm. along. And it, it doesn't jar in any way, but, mm-hmm. it, but it matches with the way you're describing the way you wrote it. And so, thank you. And so the um, and so that misdirect felt like uh, something that could be part of the story because yeah. it was already naturally mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. so, as a as I was writing, I only really needed to sort of paint some accent. And so, this is always a question I ask people, and it's fascinating how often it gets different answers. But did you know the answer to the mystery? Oh like yeah. Like when you set it up. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I um. Because really, some people throw the ball in the air, and they're like, "I'll worry about that later when I catch it." And I, I guess, um, yeah, I, I, I guess, yeah. No, I, I knew, I knew, I knew that I, the, the I wanted the world to be to feel large and yeah. rich, and so um, I uh, imagined a variety of things in the world. And then um, the story sort of evolved by connecting those things. Yeah. And so I knew that the mystery was going to be part of the story. I didn't necessarily know that it was going to be that part of the story. Yeah. Um, it, it, we could sort of spend, I feel like, endless hours uh, uh, going into the deep and psychological sort of aspects of this in the operating system. But is there, is there something to you that sticks out as really fun about the book? I mean, I for me, one of the one of the most fun parts of the book was the that the idea of um, 
just imagining what it would be like to live multiple lives. Yeah. I, I mean, the book, the, the um, publicity language for the book talks about um, immortality. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's an interesting thing to yes. explore, the idea of, you know, what does, it, what does immortality mean? And are there ways to do it without um, uploading your mind to a machine? And then sort of living. As I believe a it begins with coffee. <laughs> Immortality begins with. Yeah, certainly. we in Seattle, we have a line on it. <laughs> but um, but uh, but my my favorite part of the book, and the thing that I think is fun, is that is the idea of like, well, what would it what would it be like to lead other lives? Yeah, I think uh, you know, for years, as my wife and I would would have conversations about moving to a place or. Um, sort of going off in another direction, uh, I'd throw out a profession. Well, you know, maybe I should mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I've just always been really interested about in the, in what, in, in uh, how individual lives insulate, are insulated mm-hmm. from sort of our, from general awareness and how they evolve in that, in that very personal, very intimate space. And I'm, you know, it, it, it makes me curious. And so that, that part of the book, just, uh, finding a mechanism that gave, that creates a, an excuse to think about that was fun. Mm-hmm. That was fun for me. Nice. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. So I'm going to go to your house. I'm going to go steal some stuff now. Okay, great. All right. Bye. Bye.